0: from the castles and forgotten ruins of the last guardian now we're in the lovecraftian hellscape of quake tonight and i am overjoyed to have the guest of tonight he is arguably one of the famous uh posters of our of our time uh he's also i guess you could say uh like co uh cat or co-king of st louis along with scott who's on this That's show right. before and midwestern kings oh yes and i am so overjoyed to have same meme on tonight how are you doing tonight i'm doing great sam it's great to be here thank you uh, that very warm welcome oh let me just say like this is the same meme like uh appreciation a uh, bit of the show um I I I'm honestly really honored to have you on just because I mean thank you your your appearances on TPN speak for themselves, obviously, but like your presence on uh the misinformation site uh X. Yes, right,
1: the fascist misinformation site.
0: Your your presence <laughs> in on it is it speaks for itself. You're one of the greatest of all time posters and thank you. Across your multiple accounts, mind you, tw- uh, oh my F- F- FKA Twitter has tried <laughs> to keep you down. I
1: know. It's it's <laughs> it's so frustrating. I, uh, Scott actually, he, one time he goes, I think somebody at Twitter, like one particular employee, like put your name in some <laughs> kind of database. And I was like, no way. No way someone would do that. But it's like every time I put, like I'll have an account and I'll, I'll be on there for like, five months and then i'll just go you know what i'm gonna just put my my normal name in there and then as soon so as i do that bam
0: you're, you're gone <laughs> <laughs> so it it is yeah literally And i've experienced that i've i've seen literally when you did that happen which is crazy and then they, <laughs> yeah, i can't... tried it
1: a few months ago i like my name was like s period a m a e b b whatever mm-hmm. and then i'm like i'm just gonna take that period out And I took the period out, bam, gone within like 30 seconds.
0: Listen, as Scott has posted about, this is a prime example of the gamer genocide happening in real time. It's unjust. (laughs) So, safe to say, I am beyond honored that you wanted to come on tonight to talk about a legendary game, a legendary game in Quake. Uh, But before we get into all that, um, because you're a first timer on this show, uh i asked first timers what is their gaming history where it starts where it you know favorite consoles favorite games whatever you have it so i want to know where where does little same meme uh start his gaming obsession
1: okay well first let me crack open my delicious
0: sugar-free 7-up
1: my whistle before i begin
0: Uh, sit down kids it's gonna be all good one that's right (laughs) (laughs) um Let's see, I, so when you posted that question, I was, I was
1: giving it some serious thought, and I'm like, I think my first memories are like NES era, like mm-hmm. really old school NES era. I have very specific memories of playing, like, just first Mario, Legend mm-hmm. of Zelda, um, mm-hmm. Duck Hunt, that was, like, the that was the first system I got into, I was probably, like, seven or eight, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember how big the deal Super Mario Three was.
0: That was a <laughs> yeah, with the, very, wiz- the that was wizard a very
1: core memory. Big core memory, as the zoomers say.
0: Yeah, with the the um, the cross promotion with the wizard.
1: Oh my god, the wizard! Were they <laughs> like? If they go into that big auditorium and they're playing it at the end. Oh, my God. Uh,
0: you you were envious of those kids that day, I'm sure. I know, and the
1: Power Glove. <laughs> like the, way they, the, way make, the way they make the Power Glove look like the coolest thing ever instead of a huge piece of shit. <laughs> this is so funny. It, I
0: know. No, it's so bad. It's so bad, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the 10-year-old kid with sunglasses on. Uh, dude, I mean, hey, I mean, he had... Uh, I I love how the wizard is just a glorified Nintendo commercial and mm-hmm. you know what? It worked. It worked. You
1: know what things, some things can be just glorified commercials as long as they're entertaining. And they, I was happy to watch a game being played. That was entertaining to me when I was
0: eight. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, it was just a big preview of what you're going to buy yeah. that Christmas.
1: And when I got it, the hype was off the charts <laughs> and it lived up to it.
0: Mm-hmm. So we go from um, NES. What's that? We go from NES and where, where do we graduate to? That will SNES,
1: of course. Oh, um, yes, of course. Well, I had, I did this weird thing when I was like, when I was that age where I couldn't decide between the Genesis or the SNES. I like went back and forth between like, I, I got a SNES, I got that for a while and I like took it back. Mm-hmm. and then got a genesis and played that for a while and then i took that back and i think i get, end up just sticking with the snes
0: I'm, um in all fairness that is a that was a fair quandary to be in back in the day like oh yeah it, it really came down to what game you wanted to play and i think it was the uh
1: uh final fantasies that sold me on yeah. super mm-hmm. nintendo yeah, those are the things I got obsessed with when I was <laughs> like 10, 11.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I don't blame you in that sense. I mean, that was the Super Nintendo. It was just like it was the if you wanted like this long epic type game, you went to the Super Nintendo. Yeah. You know, for the visuals and the music. I mean, not to downplay the Genesis, but like the Genesis was clearly arcade centric yeah it was like type. short games
1: like arcade games
0: yeah and it had the the early you know 90s Sega Edge to it all which always which I think was another factor of why people wanted a Genesis was like they yeah. wanted to be the cool the cool peep kids on the block yeah and Nintendo like Nintendo still has that rep
1: that they had back then like the the fun wholesome family system and that's how it was back then too
0: Mhm. And then we go from Super Nintendo, you know, did you did you make the PlayStation jump or do you were you oh, a yeah. firm, uh, I didn't know if you were a Nintendo hardcoreist. Uh, no, I
1: actually got a uh so I had Super Nintendo. I was huge into that uh Final Fantasy, Chrono, Trigger. I was big into the RPGs and then I went to PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And that was a huge deal mm-hmm. at the time. I didn't get N64. I don't know. I think I was just like, I thought the CDs were so much cooler. Like I was like cartridges, just cartridges anymore.
0: (laughs) I mean, fair. And plus in hindsight with uh, the years have gone by CDs were definitely cooler and they still are cooler. They are cooler. They're (laughs) so cool. (laughs) It, it goes without saying, as I, uh, as I look at my, my cavalcade of playstation one jewel cases uh nothing nothing beats owning a, a a multi-disc playstation game
1: that's right the big like with the big fat case those were mm-hmm.
0: so cool oh yeah with the mul- the all the unique art that they put on the insides and mm-hmm. then the sometimes they would have multiple manuals or or just like different pamphlets that they would throw in there too to fill in the space.
1: That's right. Yeah, that was like uh back when they put effort into pamphlets. Oh, so yeah. That was such a cool era when yeah. you would get like um I don't know why I was thinking of this but the other day. Have you heard of the game Homeworld
0: vaguely, but I don't I haven't like played a,
1: it. It's like a it's an RTS in space and you like have your spaceship fleet and you like move you can move them in 3D It mm-hmm. came out like 20 years ago the 3D movement was really a big deal at the time but the thing i was thinking about was the pamphlet that came with it it was like an instruction book but this was like back when they put effort into that stuff mm-hmm. so it was like this thick book like 120 pages yeah something like that like really big and it was you're playing as like an alien race living on an alien planet and it's like and It'll go like a chapter about the planet and like the ecology and like the species that live there, and then like it would go into another chapter about like the what technology the spaceships use, and you would mm-hmm. just read it like a book. It was so cool. Yeah. But then you get like a you get a like a what do you get now? Like a piece of paper with a download code on it, and that's that. <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: for a DLC code, or if you're lucky you'll get maybe an advertisement about like another game by that developer or publisher mm-hmm. you know the, the which has been the greatest tragedy of the last 10 years is the removal of instruction manuals and oh my god i mean i knew even when i was younger i knew the instruction manuals on the way out like i noticed how like during the ps3 generation oh the manuals are getting shorter and shorter and shorter where they're mm-hmm. just at that point, they're just explaining controls and like enemies and maps, and that was it. Like that was it, yeah. The, the, the uh uh what game? Oh, Starcraft. So you,
1: mm-hmm. I'm sure you played Starcraft. That mm-hmm. was this that was the same way where they had like this big thick book about like the Terrans and the history for them the Terrans and the Zerg and the history behind the Zergs, and all those like cool sketches, mm-hmm. like the concept art stuff. So that's what they had. When you got the original StarCraft, and mm-hmm. I remember the first time I got a just digital, I remember it specifically, it was Diablo 3. No, it was like 10 years ago. So I got Diablo 3. I went to Walmart to buy it. I was like, I'm gonna go home, install my game, play. I opened it up and I was like, What the hell? Where's the where's yeah. the CD? What's going yeah. on here? And it was such a like perfect game to have that happen to because it's like you go from the insane packaging of like StarCraft and then all the way like 15 years later to Diablo 3 where it's like a piece of paper tucked mm-hmm. into where the scene would be.
0: Yeah, uh, it, the the premier example of this because it ties into Quake as too is like the big box piece big PC boxes back in the day for mm-hmm. yep. you get like mul- multiple unfolding pages with just big artwork on it and that's right i'm not i'm not like an anti-steam type person just because i love valve and i think valve has people's best interests in mind but steam definitely killed that market. I know. And
1: we well, you, you made that post earlier today where you were like it was the picture of the quake box. Mm-hmm. And you said like I want the big box or something. And I I was going to reply but I got distracted. I was going to say I had that big box.
0: I'm jealous of you. <laughs> <laughs> I had my
1: little shelf in my room where I had the uh, all my my gigantic PC boxes and it's because they're because they're so huge you can only fit like 10 on the shelf.
0: Yeah, I mean they they're like literal books in terms of yeah. size and they they're as thick as some books too. So it's like, well, you know, you're you're only taking up like a part of my my uh my domain because if I let this go on un- unchecked, it's gonna be a whole room of just big game big PC boxes everywhere. That's right. Um, yeah. The the only one I have in my possession at the moment is the orange box for like a D- oh, dvd yeah. rom orange box what you know it's cute with a little orange box but it's like hollow on the inside
1: yeah and was that was is the orange box when they sh- when they shifted down to like the half size or is that yes. a huge box it, yeah.
0: it's yeah it was one of those. it looked practically indistinguishable from like a thick dvd case yeah yeah it was yeah. like the late
1: like mid 2000s late 2000s they did that yeah, it's
0: uh it breaks my heart. Knowing no, that, the 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 joys of just owning something like, when they put thought and care into it, and now yeah. it's now it's gone.
1: Yeah, like speaking uh. of boomer shooters, uh, the box a box that was really cool was uh, for Unreal. Mm-hmm. You ever play that? I played. I remember that.
0: Of, I played bits of it, and man, I've seen that box. And oh, boy. yeah, the box is like I remember
1: that very specifically because it's like. It wasn't just the box it was like
0: it had a flap
1: on the Mm -hmm. front that was Mm -hmm. attached with velcro so you like pull open the velcro and you see like all the pictures and this is when unreal was like the cutting edge
0: of graphics it was so cool yeah i uh, i remember seeing there's a famous magazine uh what's talking about unreal and it's like yes this is a screenshot from a video game
1: (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, I think I know what you're talking about.
0: And hey, I mean that screenshot is still pleasing to look at to me. So yeah. like the the only physical large box thrills I get anymore is like when I decide like oh yeah, a modern game I need to get the special edition just cuz that's where they put their care and effort to but yeah. The, the last one is FF16 but yeah, that's the yeah. last one I got
1: too. That's on my shelf right now.
0: Yeah, I'm, you know, it's it's, it's like the last tie to that sort of like lifestyle and world. So yeah, if there is a game that I think deserves that, I will sh- I will shell out the money for that.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. That was a pretty nice addition too. I had like the Steel Book.
0: Oh yeah, and kudos in a weird way now, especially since Best Buy said they're like stopping physical movie sales. It's like
1: oh yeah, I Be- saw that. Be-
0: Best Buy was like oh yeah, we have our own Steel Book that we also include when you pre-order with us and i'm like uh press the big blue button sure (laughs) it's like yeah i mean it, it is what it is but i'm i'm glad for the few special editions i own like that's right it's worth it in the end so yeah you know we ps1 uh obviously you're you play your fair share of pc games as we just sort of went on a little tangent there i mean i know yeah i know you keep an eye on modern stuff i know you and i have briefly back and forth on cyberpunk uh a few times yeah uh which i will say uh the the new cyberpunk update finally makes the game as it was intention intended to be so thank god oh have you uh, have you played that just bits and pieces of it i'm going to deep dive it soon for a project coming up soon if you know what i mean (laughs) um uh so i mean i know it's nice to know that like i have i can talk kind of briefly about modern stuff too like we've done that in like group chats before like when when group chats have their like a brief gaming discussion periods where oh yeah as soon as that happens, I barge yeah. in, be like, I have appeared from the shadows.
1: Yeah, when like the four four gamers in the chat like start talking <laughs> yeah. and like no one else says anything for an hour.
0: Uh, oh yeah. All the I love it too because it's like Yeah, like uh, you, I, Scott, and like others, uh, like we'll just start going on for like an hour, and then like all the girls in the chat just stop talking. Oh yeah, nothing, nothing makes a girl
1: matter than when guys start talking about video games.
0: It's true, and (laughs) I mean this is this is our domain. You know, you have to, (laughs) ladies, only. Yeah, this is no girls allowed. Uh, unless (laughs) unless you're one of the few elite that can. Pass the tests. That's
1: right. <laughs> I said I have a memory of when I was like working at one of my first restaurant jobs, and me and this other guy were talking about like revengeance Metal, Metal Gear revengeance. We we're just like yeah. chatting about like the, the way you can like slice people up. And this girl walks over. She's like, "What are you guys talking about?" And the guy goes, "Oh, we're talking about the new Metal Gear." She's like, "Wait, is that a
0: video game?" And I
1: go, oh, "Yeah." <laughs> she goes, "Ew, gross!" And then just walks away. <laughs> <laughs>
0: See, that's what nature wants, you know. That's the, the,
1: yeah, that's the proper order of things. It's like, yeah. you know what? That's fine. Yeah, they don't, need, they don't need to know about Raiden and how you can throw a body into the air and slice it up in four different ways, and they don't need to know about it.
0: No, I mean, so speaking of Metal Gear Rising: Revengeance, one of the unsung Kino games of the last ten years. It's so uh, good. It's. Um, I am holding out hope as part of this like big Metal Gear port thing that they're doing that Revengeance finally gets ported to like modern systems. It's it's like overdue at this point. Yeah, because uh,
1: they because the 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 package that came out is like part one or something, right?
0: Yeah, they they call it Volume One, Volume One. Yeah, so it's one, two, and three plus all like you can play the OG uh metal gear one and two from the msx uh plus they also threw in a bunch like graphic novels that were released and a bunch of other bonus stuff that's really cool albeit oh, nice it's clear that they kind of skimped down on, on money in some places uh i'm sure konami gave them like you know five dollars and like a soda and be like here figure it out and they're like okay <laughs>
1: yeah what well, is it is konami so
0: yeah, and this is Konami trying to reestablish themselves as a game to, game maker, and
1: Panchi. Um, was it, Panchinko? Is that what it's called?
0: Yeah, 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 They they were they had their brief moment with the pachinko games. Um, no one liked it. Uh, right. Uh, the Silent Hill and the Metal Gear ones. It's like seeing both of them. I remember when they those videos were showing footage of those i like literally felt a part of myself die that day (laughs) it's uh so now they're coming back albeit good not sure if they're on their a game just yet but from what i have seen they've actually touched up the games in the sense of they fixed some errors from the hd collection uh from like a decade ago so that's nice of them uh also they nice. found fa- they found workarounds with the whole like how do you port Metal Gear 1 or Metal Gear Solid 1 onto modern systems cuz you know you needed a memory card and right right uh, so they just created save states that you can import into the game which is you know I think a fine workaround yeah uh, like they I can't remember if the Amer- the North American version of this collection has the Japanese save the unique Japanese saves where Kojima literally talks to you um uh I hope oh. that's yeah in, in the Japanese version of mgs1 in the psychomantis scene if you have a save file of police knots in your memory card Kojima will literally just say thank you for playing my games
1: <laughs> that's so cool it, like speaking of speaking of gamer nostalgia like that, Metal Gear Solid. Oh my god. When that, when I played that for the first time and I was fighting Psycho Mantis and he goes, You, you like Castlevania, don't you? I was like, What mm-hmm. the fuck? Like, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Cause I was playing like Symphony
0: of the Night or something like that. Oh my god. Yeah. Symphony that of the Night. Yeah. Symphony of the Night was one of the save files. Uh, I mean, that's the. That's the main one. I forget. There's like two others that Uh, it might be in is the other that one. Be, yeah. So I was playing that at the time too. Yeah. And I think if you had save files for both games, Psycho Mantis would say, so you like playing Konami games, don't you? Yeah. So the first time a game like talk <laughs> to you. Or the, um another thing that was really cool when I played Metal Gear for the
1: first time is where you have to find Merrill's, uh, codec number mm-hmm. and the colonel's cur- the like look on the back of the CD case yeah, and sure. so I go oh okay well I have to find that in my inventory and there's no CD in my inventory then I look around in the game and I'm like what <laughs> CD case are they talking about and then finally I, I think I, this is when you like game facts was first starting up <laughs> so I look it up it says look on the, your your actual game CD I'm like can they do that like is that <laughs> possible? And I look on the back and like, no way.
0: Yeah, it, it it's staring at you right in the face. The whole like while you're holding the case, but you like never register that that's like what you're supposed to do. I know. This is back when like
1: meta stuff in media was mind blowing. Oh, before yeah. it was like every every single medium had meta stuff in it.
0: Oh yeah, where it just became like the eat like that's the one thing about games that's cool, just because it's like an interactive thing that you can come up with unique quote me a meta things in a game, yeah. you know, where I always default to eternal darkness for the GameCube. Yep. Yeah. You know, with the sanity effects still like one of the best uses of like a outside the box idea. Yeah. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. And um, Met- Metal gear obviously did a whole sorts of, of them throughout the fran the whole franchise really yeah no when when you're
1: like a 10 year old and you've never been exposed to anything like that yeah. before it's like it's like mind-blowing i'm like i remember it perfectly like what 30 years later or something
0: mm-hmm. yeah it, i'm glad that they also preserved that in these modern collections apparently the way they worked around that is that they actually just imported the pictures of the metal gear CD case in like the man in the, like in the game itself were like oh, okay. uh, in a, in a menu. So just okay. like, Oh, you just pull up the picture of the like a three. I don't know if it's a 3d interactable case, but you can just like flip it over. And it's like, Oh, there's Meryl's code. So okay. thank God that's preserved. Like yeah. you know, they did a good job and you know, they get a gold star from me. Uh yeah let's say today they people found in the code that it references uh metal gear 4 and i lost my marbles because it means metal gear solid 4 can possibly finally be saved from the ps3
1: oh yeah yeah that's i i haven't played metal gear solid 4 because i only had a i had a ps3 for a very short period of time and it was like i was like in school or something so i didn't get to play anything on it Mm -hmm. Um, but that's the only one i haven't played i would love it if it finally ended up on pc i don't know Uh, what if they did a part two a volume two like what else would be on there other than metal gear solid four and like maybe revengeance
0: the they would probably put peace walker on there the the psp game and that would be easy for them because uh they ported Peace Walker to the HD collection, so they can just reuse that. And Revengeance is a modern, modern enough, and there's a PC version, so they could just be like, "Look, well, we'll just take that and put it in the consoles." And five, and allegedly, five is going to be a part of it. Like, uh, that would be really easy to. The big headache is four, because is like entire being is tied to the PS4 or PS3's like architecture.
1: But yeah, didn't PS3 have like very specific weird architecture that makes it hard to emulate? And
0: uh, yes, yes, yeah. It your PC savvy enough? You know, it's like CPU and GPU. Uh, yeah. PS3 has that, but the PS3 CPU is a whole le- whole another level of insanity where it has like a main core and then it has seven separate ones that like do basic calculations. Uh, it's perfect for stuff like physics and like particle. Like basically you send a, a task to the CPU on the PS3 and then it will like divvy up tasks so that it can just keep operating really fast. And okay, the, that that's coming from me and my really rudimentary understanding of it. But like certain PS3 games looked amazing because of it. Cause they finally figured it out and <laughs> i like how metal gear solid 4 is still like pushing the ps3 to its absolute breaking point (laughs) from from moment one it's like kojima was already maxing out that system two years in yeah uh oh my
1: god that would be that would be heaven if i could get that on a pc because i that's i barely ever do consoles i do i did console for uh
0: mm -hmm. i
1: have a ps5 and i'll i'm mm-hmm. gonna play final fantasy on that but most 99 percent is like but my gaming is on pcs now
0: yeah uh, I, I, I hope i hope to god that metal gear solid 4 can get saved because the only way to play it is if you have a ps3 or if you have a really powerful pc that can emulate emulate it um, yeah
1: i think they finally like if you have a like a, a good rtx graphics card or something you can do mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's like a yeah, 2000 really. series at least you can like get it to run at 4K 60 yeah. <laughs> which is like for me as someone who has played MGS4 when it's running at like 15 frames per second and like 600p I'm like oh my god it's like a brand new game but yeah it's going to take a lot of work and I I can only hope that they do it and they do it correctly with this yeah yeah well they still got
1: the the uh snake eater remake they're doing too
0: yeah i i'm not sure yet how i feel about it obviously i think from what i have what they have shown they're being very faithful like the locations look they locations look exactly the same um it's just and supposedly they're just going to reuse the original recordings from 3 like they're not oh, even they're not even recasting it and redoing the voice lines or anything so the, good, that's perfect. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that uh, MGS Delta, um, as its proper name is.
1: Yeah, <laughs> because I my instinct is to be a, a hater about it, but then I am like, actually, some a lot of remakes have been really, really good. So, yes, I'm
0: gonna... I, <laughs> I, I have stated many times on the show the Resident Evil, the modern Resident Evil remakes are like amazing, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I used They're to be. So in, good. I used to be a, a remake, you know, doubter, but Capcom has made me a remake believer. You know yeah. it just, you know, you need the right team, you need passionate people, and that, you know, hopefully Konami is like willing to just be like, yeah, no, we'll give you the money. You know, we'll give yeah. you the time, and the money. You know. Yeah. It still makes me meanwhile, on the other hand, they're remaking Silent Hill too, and I am like fearful for that one. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't mean, know when is that supposed to even come out. I they've been talking about that for a while. In the next year is my guess. They have not put out a date for it. They announced it last year in October and there has been no information since. Mm, but, yeah. But the alleged reports are saying that Konami is keeping a very tight leash on the developers. Like about okay. cha- about changing things. Okay, good. So you know, thank goodness Konami at least in this modern day and age, which is wild to say, at least they have some like brains. Yeah,
1: like they know well enough like not to mess with a total
0: classic like that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we'll see. I mean that that one trailer they showed it does kind of like blow my mind to see certain parts of the original game redone in like pristine Unreal Engine five graphics. I won't deny that. But, you know, it's a it's a matter if they can tran they, they understood the assignment with this, yeah. you know if they change James's story at all or if they make if they mess with the tone or whatever, you know. If, yeah if people have played Silent Hill 2, I think they get what we're getting at. It's you know, you just have to Again, they have to show the game again, like to put people's fears and down. Yeah, because I remember
1: look, I remember being announced, and I remember looking up a little, like maybe four or five months ago, and seeing like there was like nothing new out. So
0: hopefully, hopefully, then what they're doing. Yeah, I here's hoping. But uh, so to I wanted to transition. You know, we've we we did a good gamer talk right there, just two gamers. So to, (laughs) to, to to to. Continue gamers rising up, yeah. This is we're rising up from the genocide, uh, <laughs> reclaiming our time. As that's right. <laughs> so, to transition to another gamer talk, um, I have talked about this briefly with Scott and to continue the St. Louis, uh, the St. Louis shooters, uh, theme of your guys' episodes. I want to keep talking about boomer shooters and 90s shooters because yeah, they are kind of. Like the greatest gifts, yeah, ever, give, ever given to gaming, um, and I and it's kind of cool to see that like in the modern day that like both people are still showing their love and appreciation, and some cases these games are getting ported to modern systems and playing exactly how you remember them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, it's a weird little renaissance of like this beautiful little time period in the late 90s when you know shooters had were becoming very much the de facto genre of gaming uh they were pushing the boundaries not only in just visuals but like gameplay and pioneering you know things that are just commonplace nowadays like multiplayer like Mm-hmm. it's suffice to say like these like it sounds like i'm putting them down but like primitive shooters like they had they they understood it right from the get-go of like what had to be done and what needed to be yes. what needed to be in this package in order to be a hell of a good time mm-hmm. so um obviously we're talking about quake and obviously i've talked about doom with scott Um, so I don't know if you have any fond memories of this era in gaming, you know, is there, is there a standout game other than Quake and Doom? Like, is there any standouts for you personally? I'm
1: thinking, well, I'm I'm thinking about the way you just described it as like this particular era, because that's like, you know, that's like peak nostalgia period for me. So when something's nostalgic, it seems like that era was going on forever. Um, but it really wasn't, it was like doom came out what like 93 or 94 or something yes 93
0: and,
1: yeah and then um that era kind of, i considered the end of that era to be like halo mm-hmm. so that was like 2000 2001 yes um so that was it was like five years five or six years um wasn't mm-hmm. that long all things considered mm-hmm. uh we yeah, had doom was such a huge deal at the time um <laughs> Like, that was the first game that I played, first FPS, like, when that genre was very new. Mm-hmm. And um, it's like you said, they like, they knew exactly what to, what to put in to make it work. And the thing that comes to mind for me is, like, the writing, like, mm-hmm. the plot. Because mm-hmm. um, you load up one of those games, like, Doom, it just gives you, like, two paragraphs or something like that. So, like, you're a marine you're on Mars, you like punch the sergeant for insubordinate or you got insubordination for punching a sergeant or something. And then it just throws you right into the game
0: mm-hmm.
1: and yeah. everything else is everything about it. You figure out or you're, you just kind of take in as you're playing,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: don't have like big cut scenes or you don't have like, you know, a huge intro you have to sit through or a tutorial. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what always like catches my attention like when i played the the quake 2 remake you like you open the game and you're in it in like 15 seconds Mm -hmm. you open it you're like within 15 seconds you're you've got a gun you're shooting things yeah oh my god it's so nice and then when you're done you just click exit done
0: mm -hmm. yeah it these game i i actually was heard a video today and the guy said and he was he was talking this is unrelated, but he was talking about Mario. And he was saying, like, there's the plot of Mario and the storytelling, the story of Mario. The plot is, yeah. you know, the plot is, you know, Mario saves Peach. Like, that's it. But the storytelling is the gameplay going from world to world. Exactly. And, right. Yeah. And and that's what these shooters are. Like they set up the games like like you said in two paragraphs and maybe they'll have like a little flavor text after the ending of like big missions, but there's no like dramatics involved. It's purely your moment to moment engagement with the game is driving the, you know, the experience like not, not to jump the gun uh, too early, but like Quake just has like four little paragraphs saying like you're you know you're uh, the quake guy and yeah (laughs) there's there's an evil monster in another dimension trying to invade you know world earth or whatever go stop it and yeah that's it And, and then you're in yeah and then purely your gameplay is telling the story that you're experiencing you know seeing these new levels seeing these you know getting a new weapon or an item finding secrets all that stuff it these early shooters were light on the story because i think they had the intelligence to know that people will write their own stories in their heads about what's going on you know it's like the yeah games as a medium are kind of i think unique where they don't need obviously like a grand story it's like the in- the interactive nature of the medium allows for like you know a create your own adventure type experience
1: exactly yeah and it's like like when you play doom mm-hmm. you know the story is that you're a guy venturing into hell because all the levels get progressively creepier and creepier and darker until you're in hell mm-hmm. and that's how you know because you're playing it
0: yeah like you the game doesn't have to tell you at all like sure maybe the level will say like you know hell's gate or whatever but like that's the only thing that's telling you that and what's interesting is that obviously we're talking about like pc fps's but like even shooters on consoles i think we're still in that mindset too like you can look at something like goldeneye where oh yeah 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 like it's only introduction is like here's the mission briefing go figure it out yeah and in fact they encourage you to like kind of think outside the box when it came to like your quote-unquote missions for the level uh which you see in like quake 2 and doom it's like oh yeah like if you stray off the beaten path you find secrets yeah that stuff it these early fps's really do feel like uh playgrounds in the purest sense exactly and, yeah and you see that with like the fact that multiplayer was starting to become a huge thing like they realized these these uh, arenas in of themselves you know what if we put one player and we put them against another player like that is in of itself they're writing their own story about facing off against another you know opponent in these hellscapes like yeah maybe maybe it wasn't a direct thing that they were aiming for but like incidentally that is what has happened when it comes to like these early games like when i pick up that nail gun you know i can feel like oh yeah like now the action's building up and all that sort of stuff
1: yeah and that's uh quake 3 had that um Mm -hmm. because it was just a purely multiplayer game
0: Mm
1: -hmm. and um the like looking back the the story was kind of built into the maps like the maps took place on different in different far out areas like the one where you're like somewhere in space somewhere in like weird industrial areas you do kind of feel like the story unfolds as the multiplayer match goes on and you get like the different weapons and all that
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's it's I I wish like my show had at least a little bit of clout so I could be like, hey John Carmack is this what you intended well yeah <laughs> maybe, maybe not Carmack because he was you know the engine guy but maybe Romero or Romero or American McGee had like had better insight into like what they were getting at when they were designing these games so I I'm willing to believe in these early baby steps to defining whole genres that they were like, at least considering this idea that, you know, multiplayer became is a vehicle to tell another story. And that story is different every single match. Yeah, exactly. And it's like
1: all like any storytelling capability they had was limited by the hardware. Mm -hmm. Um, so they had to kind of get their stories and where they could sign so, you know, on. I think it's a plausible idea.
0: Yeah. And what I, I also, this is just a recurring thing too in this era is just, I love how every developer, you no, know, granted I'm, I know like they were clearly inspired by doom and quake, like any FPS of that ilk was in some way inspired by the aesthetics of those two. But, like, I love how FPSs were made for adults. Therefore, like, the subject matter or the visuals or the settings were clearly, like, okay. some, some like, demonic or, you know, hellscape or just pure bloodbaths or... Exactly, yeah. It I like how FPSs were pretty much from the get-go designed for, like, just older guys. Yeah,
1: cuz like when you played them they were like mean, this isn't they weren't uh like PC games now where you just click install on Steam. You had to have a little PC savvy to figure out how to get them up and running. Like uh a lot of them were shareware, so they were on disks. Yes, so you had to yes. like put in different disks. Like I remember specifically Doom I got into because my friend's dad like showed us it like he had to like be the one to He was like a you know 45 year old tech guy he had to like set us down like putting all the desks back like, look at this game isn't this cool but we have mm-hmm. never figured out how to get into it without him
0: yeah and even with attempts like as mentioned before gold and i like it still felt like these games were meant for like i think scott and i mentioned this like these were meant for the cooler older brothers or like oh yeah Or your dad could be into them, like uh, there's like some built-in natural like defense mechanism from certain demographics. Yeah, Uh, yeah, because
1: like everybody back then, everybody had one friend whose dad was like a nerdy guy, like mm -hmm. and not not current age nerdy guy, like an old school nerdy guy. Yes, with like aviator glasses like schlubby but he was like these games were intended for guys like that
0: oh yeah i mean and especially in the case of like id and you saw like who was running id like with romero and carmack and yeah uh, like they are the textbook definition of that guy except they yeah. were just younger um, yeah exactly yeah and they were like the ex version of that guy <laughs> exactly uh, but I like how even with attempts to I guess you could say try to broaden this sort of market of potential buyers with like Goldeneye it still felt like you know he, the cooler older brother was the one who played Goldeneye and he knew all the tricks and he knew how yeah. to like oh, yeah. make it work and that same goes for like these older shooters on pc it really i think you mentioned halo and we were talking about halo briefly before the recording it's like i think halo was the moment where like the fps market finally like kind of hit its like uh peak saturation with high schoolers going into college slash like college students slash just graduated like that's that was halo's market yeah Um, like that that was where it finally reached its culmination and everything and hell even the halo one still feels like a just a different idea of quake or doom just you know yeah with with space marines and they, they added a story to it yeah exactly it's like um I kind of view,
1: I view Halo as starting off the the 2000s era of shooter, Mm -hmm. but you really do, um, it really did take a lot of ideas that the boomer shooters had and like bring them into one cool package that worked. Like when Mm I loaded up Quake 2, we we're talking about how... Doom just has like a two paragraph intro. Like Quake Two has a little more of an intro. It's got like a a little bit of a cinematic intro. Mm -hmm. Yes, where you're like the guy in the escape pod, and like all the all your marine buddies are getting shot down in their their escape pods, and yours like malfunctions in a weird way that Mm -hmm. prevent like allows you to survive.
0: Yes, yes. Um,
1: but it's like it's very quick. It's like maybe two minutes. Yeah, Um, but you can see like the trend is going to these like big cinematic stories with intros and like movie style storytelling. And like yes. Halo was the first one to really nail that.
0: Yeah. And that, that kind of lines up with the broader industry too, where it's like, Oh yeah, now we can voice act and we have like yeah good voice actors attached to the project. Or we have just, good voice direction for people like the there's a clear timeline for the FPS and for the whole industry at large but I would even argue Halo 1 still feels very very brisk and very fast-paced because they know like that that gameplay hook is what is going to get you involved and once you're hooked with the gameplay you're going to care about Master Chief and Cortana
1: yeah like (laughs) Master Chief is just like a slightly more fleshed out doom guy literally like, yeah literally. they look exactly the same
0: they they i will say like even though i got to halo and doom later on i i the hearing the voice of master chief like that feels what like doom guy sounded like oh yeah just like like really blah, 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 kind of talking yeah yeah just <laughs> like kind of a smart ass at times yeah. But like he's he means all he means well in the process because he's yeah. here to kill Covenant.
1: <laughs> Good guy. Um, he's gruff. He's like uh, do whatever it takes yeah. to get to get things done.
0: And that also is an interesting connection just because Bungie was also like a premier boomer shooter 90s company back in the day with like Marathon. Marathon, so, yeah. So there's a clear connection, like and amb- obviously like they knew where the DNA came from. And it's just like yeah. how how do we just elevate this as we march towards our, you know, our peak power. It's exactly yeah. I man, not to get too distracted by Halo, but it is kind of wild how like Halo dominated the the world for like six six ish years. A, yeah, it was like halo was like 2000
1: and then halo three was like was, was that o- 2009
0: like that?
1: it was it was 07 07 okay so f- yeah for about almost a decade it was all about halo
0: yeah and i i i have boomer parents and they they even they understood kind of what halo was which is yeah. cra- crazy to think about now uh they they understood they understand games as like Mario and Halo or yeah. call it, I guess nowadays Call of Duty is like the replacement <laughs> for Halo. So, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. They do like
1: switch over to Call of Duty, and it's it's funny how Master Chief is such an iconic figure now because like he is just like generic space marine guy.
0: Yeah, he's just he's gruff military man, and then all your the fact that like Halo people came like these college bros were coming back for the story of, like of this shooter game too is like in hindsight I'm just like they got these guys invested in this like space opera yeah is, yeah which,
1: it's like a very classic space opera which yeah. is like which is something that uh I think people younger than Millennials might not really get. Because Mm -hmm. nerd culture is so prevalent now. Yeah. It's like so mainstream. Like in the 90s, nerds were nerds. They were like nerd stuff was like toxic. When Mm -hmm. I was in elementary school, like if you played video games, you like kept it to yourself. (laughs) Like (laughs) it was like something you were kind of like you were kind of embarrassed about, like people finding out. So like (laughs) stuff like Halo that's that's nerd stuff that's like pure sci-fi nerd stuff so yeah it's like it's very interesting that they managed to make something like that really mainstream to like frat bros or into like like you said space opera
0: yeah they got they got a bunch they got like millions of guys like 20 something guys into the story of a big gruff spaceman and his uh cyber <laughs> gf yeah like <laughs> bros, it,
1: do you think cortana is gonna be okay <laughs>
0: It's, it's, they're just some frat party discussing the 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 bigger the bigger themes of Halo. Exactly. I'm just, I can just imagine it now. It's like, is Guilty Spark coming back? Yeah. I like the Arbiter. He's cool. Yeah, it's
1: like, it's just, yeah, that was like that's that's nerd stuff. That's like Isaac Asimov, like like classic nerd space. Well, Isaac Asimov isn't really space opera, but like that it, it all came from like 50s and 60s sci-fi.
0: Yeah. And I guess that that was the power I guess of the Xbox back in the day when Xbox still meant like you know sweaty like frat bros console like yeah or you know the the more like normie guy console uh cuz like yeah. The Xbox had Halo and it had Gears of War and like that that y- anybody who remembers those games even for me like you know the type of person who played that and loved those games yeah. and yeah. That was the power of the Xbox. And yeah, it's like it, it was the shift from boomer shooter to bro shooter. Oh yeah, and then Call of Duty became the the sort of peak and starting of the new sh- new era into the vomit-inducing movement shooter craze. <laughs> oh,
1: my God. It's
0: like, you know, my big thinking when I see these, like, Zoomers, like, spazzing out on their keyboards and their controllers, it's like, the kids yearn for bunny hopping and strafe jumping and Quake, you know? Yeah. If they had played this, they probably might have not been obnoxious losers. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> i remember the first time i played um
1: i forget not what it was maybe it was brutal doom or something where they like they went back and they gave the first doom uh mouse look and all those like current quality of life things and i, I was going into it being like oh this will make the experience a lot better but as soon as i was like in doom and i was like mouse looking with the pistol i'm like no i don't, I don't need any of this stuff it's this like <laughs> complicating things
0: yeah it's uh I guess that's where the term "broomer shooter" comes. Like, I ain't changing the way I play these games. That's right. I play them the same way since ninety three. I ain't changing. Yeah, uh,
1: I don't need no mouse. Look, <laughs> I don't need no jump key.
0: Yeah, I, I just move and shoot. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I look left and I look right and I press, right. I press, I press left click.
1: That's right. And if you want to shoot a guy who's above you, you just put the cursor in the same vertical
0: line, and it'll shoot him. Yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> you don't have to think about it too hard. Don't think about it, yeah. <laughs> I I like how thinking about the nerdy guy of the 90s being, like, into this stuff, it's... I'm imagining a scenario where, like, one, like, kid was saying who was lucky enough to have a 3D accelerator graphics card back in the day... Oh my god! And it's slipped out that like, oh, that, that, that they had that and be like, oh my God, you're, you're really, I'm sure people back in the day were just like, oh my God, you're really succumbed to this disease. Aren't you?
1: Exactly. That's, that's actually the first game that I played with a 3d accelerator was Quake 2. Oh, Um, baby. Cause it was like nine, it was like 98 about that period of time when, Mm -hmm. uh, 3d cards were a really big deal like you didn't need a 3d card to to play games but then oh, when yeah. it was like a new it was like a new console generation coming out you were seeing all these like new games with crazy graphics and you needed to get a 3d card so i mm-hmm. begged my dad to get me a, <laughs> a three it was like voodoo voodoo accelerator oh, or something yep. like that oh yeah the, the voodoo and cards and I got I, I got it for Quake Two, but then it came with Star Wars Rogue Squadron. Oh man,
0: that's doubly based. I know. Uh, I I miss when graphics cards were like named something wild like Voodoo. Now they're oh, just yeah. now they're just like <laughs> G, you know, RTX three thirty eighty or AMD yeah. AMD yeah. five thousand whatever. Like, where's
1: the fun in that?
0: Yeah, like. Voodoo is the one I know about, but I know for a fact I have seen other graphics cards back in the day that were, like, some interesting, some weirdo name. Yeah, but at least they still have the same aesthetic on the boxes. Where it's, like,
1: weird alien girl and then, like, an elf or something in some weird
0: 3D graphics. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's unchanged, thankfully. Yeah, it's the time-honored tradition of, like, I guess that's the the culture still kind of like holding on to this day is like if you buy a graphics card you're signing your life over to this lifestyle because you're right. you're willing <laughs> you're willing and able to spend that hundreds of dollars just to get slightly better graphics on your games.
1: Yeah, it's like if you if you can go into Best Buy or Micro Center or whatever and pick up the video card and look at the like 3D modeled elf girl Standing Mm -hmm. next to a dragon (laughs) and you're like, I'm fine with this. I'm okay with it. Then you're just you're off. You're off in your own world.
0: Oh yeah, God. I I know this for a fact because I did that when I built my PC. It's just like I had yeah, the I remember going into Micro Center and just seeing like the the mountains of different graphics cards locked away and they're all like in some RGB like technoscape or whatever. And Uh (laughs) <laughs> it's like if you ever walk into a micro center looking to upgrade your pc like i I wish one of the employees would be just like yeah yeah, yeah nice try you can't hide from us yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's another great aesthetic that hasn't changed i'm like in my
1: office right now so i've got my pc in here and i can see into it it's like the my memory or my motherboard and my graphics card both have the rbg and they're just like pulsing yellow lights <laughs> i'm like i never signed on for the the pulsing monster energy drink colors but if you get a gaming, if you get a graphics card you you're
0: getting them uh yeah it's like it's the mark it's the mark of the gamer it's if yeah. if they have <laughs> they if one their pc has a window into it and two d- does their pc light up uh huh. yeah we had um
1: uh the maintenance guy came into our apartment about a week ago and he came in with his like 19 year old apprentice. Mm-hmm. And they like popped into my office and I work from home. The guy's mm-hmm. like, hey, ask me a question about something. And then the guy, the 19 year old, pops his head back and he goes, Are You a gamer? And I'm <laughs> like, Yeah, I am. And I'm like, And he goes, He like points down because you can see my PC from the door. He goes, I saw it right there. <laughs> There's no hiding unless you want to put like, Tin foil on your on your uh, tower.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it's just like nice try, guy. I can spot a giant tower from a mile away. <laughs> as I as I look down here, my big piece of shit um, tent. <laughs> it's nine years old at this year. It's got a lot of dust on it, but uh, with its uh, military-esque stylings on it, with the grooves oh and, oh, yeah, the and military vent. aesthetic. Well, it's you know how like certain PC towers for this stuff. It's like there's all the different indentations and fan vents and all yeah, that yeah. stuff. And of course, I only just realized that my PC case is named Trooper. Trooper.
1: <laughs> but God, it's damn like it. yeah, it's like a uh, Mountain Dew military aesthetic. <laughs> this is. The- I'm looking at mine right now. I'm like, I like the idea of if he would have asked me if I if i play games so i'd have been like embarrassed i go no and then he's as he's like looking at my graphics card with like illuminated 3070 rtx on the side
0: he's like it's okay i'm one of you i'm one of you this is the this you don't is need the to hide
1: your shame brother
0: this is the underground railroad of gamers you know, know. Gotta, we have <laughs> to hide our shame uh with our that's giant, right our giant pc towers and I guess insane meme in I's case, our giant, ugly-ass PS5s just jutting out like a sore thumb. I you know. know. Which,
1: I know. There's no, like... <laughs> there's, there's no... There's no hiding it. It's there. It's this giant, like... I'm looking at it right now. It's this giant, like, quasi-futuristic thing that doesn't blend in with anything else in my office.
0: You know what? I kind of like that it's an ugly piece of shit. It's... <laughs> It's better than the PS4 which was just a rectangle in italics.
1: Yeah, I liked the uh PS3 design a lot. Uh, uh, the
0: the sleek George Foreman grill.
1: That's right. It felt like a big fancy VCR. I like that. It was like yeah. big and bulky.
0: Yeah, it's uh it's a uh, console designs are a bygone era as well uh, as the, this is just like remi- the, the reminiscing episode. Yeah. Um <laughs> but I think to put a a bow on our conversation is I mean really all I can suggest is you have to give these games a shot like I we can do all this talking for you, the listener about these old games, but you have to just be willing to be like, all right, I just gotta play it to experience, and that's really all I can say for like all these amazing games like Shadow Warrior, Hexen, mm-hmm. doom, quake, uh. Blood. Um yeah, just you gotta play these games and also give some of the like these new indie boomer shooters a fair shot. They they're pretty yeah. cool too. Like cultic's really cool. Um I think it's called Overkill or Ultra Kills, also kind of cool. Um there's this like one cool one, I think it's called uh Hoft or something. It's like H F O T or something.
1: Yeah, there's like a whole I have one on my Steam wish list. I wish I could find it easily, but it's like there's this like crop of of modern boomer shooters coming out, and a lot of them look really cool.
0: Yeah, the the uh, I wish I could remember the name, but it's like Hoft is this game that is built off the engine that ran Duke Nukem 3D, and it plays like a Eurojank game at the same time. So it's got okay. like doubly it's got like double the throwback of being a boomer shooter with eurojank experimentation on top of it and eurojank your eurojank visuals so it's it's wonderful uh but yeah give these like give obviously give the old you know the classics their fair shot but also give these newer ones a shot we got to keep this genre alive that's right no oh, i was just <laughs>
1: I was just scrolling through my wish list to see if I could find that one I just mentioned, and I scrolled past Daikatana on my wish list.
0: Uh, which I, may
1: which may be the game that killed the boomer shooter genre.
0: Yeah, for a time period. I Scott and I have hypothesized this theory that it's not as bad as people say it is. I bet it that's why it's on my wish list. I was like, I bet it that was my exact thing.
1: I'm like, but it's not as bad as people think it is fun.
0: Yeah. I mean, John Romero said he had more fun making it than Quake. So interesting you never know until you play it that's right um but yeah i i don't know about you but i want to talk about some quake let's do it all right so let's get into the game of tonight which is quake want to say hayden still like the funniest poster of all time oh uh, my god <laughs> he just posts up. he just posts like some boomer facebook mom picture of a minion with in the p- the picture has the caption of sometimes life bites you in the ass but thankfully i have enough padding there to take the hit
1: <laughs> i'm looking at that right now <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> hayden hayden's one of those posters who like I want to repost every single post he makes because they're all so funny so I have to like be judicious and be like okay I'll do this one and then I'll wait <laughs> like a more
0: I, I don't know how that boy does it but he is because it seems so effortless too uh I, I don't know how he does it but every time I see a Hayden post pop up I'm just like oh that just made my day better it's,
1: he's like he's one of those guys who just has like a, a funny posting voice so he can say pretty much anything yeah <laughs> he is carte i looking at his timeline right now guys he made this post said i want you face up ass up at the same time figure it out
0: <laughs> my favorite one he, he did yesterday was with pain in my voice i'm certified in linux now <laughs> Okay, Hayden, if you're listening, I love you. Uh, We need you back on the show at some point. Uh, Official Hayden stance. Yeah, uh, as everyone should be. Um, That's right. So, Quake. So Quake came out back in the glorious day of June 22nd, 1996. Uh, Obviously back in the day it was a PC game but it has now been pretty much ported to every console under the sun. You know, there was an N64 port, but now there's, you know, basically it's on modern systems now, thanks to the really excellent remaster. Uh, this was the next follow-up for id after they did Doom 1 and 2. Quake was one of their long-standing projects, uh, kind of waiting in the back background while they were trying to get basically technology to catch up to their ideas uh, and it went through a lot of different iterations. It originally was supposed to be like a classic RPG game with action combat but then it took too long and basically they defaulted to what they know best which is first person shooters and uh, to say the Quake has influenced gaming I think is an understatement uh, everything we know what an FPS should look like and feel like comes from this game. Uh, it pioneered online multiplayers, it pioneered speed running, it pioneered sharing videos of your gameplay online with uh, LMP files. Uh, it had one of the most amazing collaborations where Trent Reznor did the soundtrack. I mean, this game's kind of amazing and i it's amazing that this game existed on just every single facet of its foundation Mm. so i mean uh what do you think about quake same meme
1: well when i played quake when it first came out it was like it really did feel like a significant next step in where the genre was going it had this like really distinct aesthetic like you can just i don't even need to like Mm -hmm. imagine what the aesthetic was that comes to mind right away this like industrial grimy look to it like so naturally like nine inch nails fits perfectly Mm -hmm. um it's had like really gnarly weapons like a nail gun Mm -hmm. you're fighting these things called strogs it's like (laughs) it was so it was so unique it had such a cool feel to it mm-hmm. like really gritty but not like Grim dark yeah it was so cool and uh yeah I got into the first one that came out and like I said my so when the second one came out I was not only ready but I had my my graphics card just for it and it was <laughs> the second one was like a perfect build on the first one like mm-hmm. did what the first one did but better yeah. It was so yeah. cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know if you feel the same way. And I've said this before on the show, I believe several times is, and I mentioned it on, on doom episode. I know people like doom. It has like the sort of satanic, like scary imagery, but I always thought quake was the scarier game.
1: It is. Than- yeah. It's, I-
0: more, it's, it's kind of like saw core,
1: you know? Yeah. Like, like industrial violence and, mm-hmm. Dried blood and, like, saw blades.
0: Yeah, I mean, one of your weapons is that, like, low-poly axe with the blood stains yeah. on both sides. Um, mm-hmm. It, Um Yeah, this game scared me when I first heard of it just because it looks so just brutal and oppressive with, like you said, the industrial look to it all, all the blood, all the pentagrams and, on the ceilings and on the walls, and then also just throwing in that, like, at times, the medieval look to the game with the yeah, castles the and dimension. Yeah, and just also the monsters, too, just look way more gnarly than, like, the Doom cast of characters. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I I know for a fact, like, when I first saw, uh, like, a Shambler, like, where it had no eyes, just the mouth with the pointy teeth and the blood on yeah. it, I was like, oh my god, this is, like, terrifying. Yeah, like I, and then once you play it too, when you get to see it, hear that like very just, almost just it, it doesn't even come off as a soundtrack. It comes off just pure noise, like ambient yeah. noise. Yeah, the it's very the, ambient. The Trent Reznor soundtrack just it puts it over the top for me. Where he just inter he puts in like chanting across songs. He has like screaming and certain songs and you really don't feel it until you have play the game with headphones. Like uh, you, there's like one song in the soundtrack where it feels like some voices are like in your throat. It's like really, mm-hmm. it's, it's really off-putting. Like,
1: yeah. Cause I'm, I'm thinking about it now. Like how I felt about the aesthetic when I was younger, it is like the, the same as what you said. It was scary. Like doom was Doom was kind of scary because it's like hell and demons, but it's also like, cool, like you're cutting up demons with a chainsaw. It's like Frank uh, Frazetta, kind of like over-the-top stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, Quake was much more like, kind of it's like dark and grimy. It was like, it took me a little while to work up to like taking on that aesthetic.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like Quake 1 almost feels... Like the the mood and the vibe of it all is like almost enhanced by the fact that the sequel is very different than the first. I mean, mm-hmm. let alone the fact that Quake Two was supposed to be a completely different game and they kind of turned it into Quake Two after like later on in development. But I don't know, like Quake One, just you really do feel like you are traversing some like gnarly. Of, literally, because that's like the main premise of the game is trans you know, traveling dimensions through the slip yeah. gates, through the slip gates and even like the the low poly aesthetic of it with just the repeating textures and just the Yeah. It it really just feels unlike anything. And then that's that era too, like that early 3D era of gaming, you really do a lot a lot of stuff just hits a lot harder. You know what I mean? I always pull this quote from J. David Osborne's book where he mentions about the, like the, I forget what the quote is from, but it's about the whole premise of the, the artifice. And once you start adding more things to like an artifice, the sort of impact gets removed in the process. Yeah. And I agree. Which, on a, on a little side note, it it really emphasizes why that remaster from a few years ago was perfect because they didn't touch anything. They're just like, Yeah, it's the same thing, but in like 4K. Yeah, it just <laughs> plays better. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's all you need. Like, cause Quake at its fundamental core is perfect. Like they they expanded upon, you know, the perfect gameplay loop that was Doom, and they're just like, Okay, well, now you can look in all directions this time. Mm-hmm. Not just yeah. left and right, baby. We're we're graduating to up, down, left, and right, which which for 1996 was a huge deal. Yeah, but Zoomers don't understand that. You know, looking up and down was groundbreaking.
1: Yeah. That was yeah, that was a that was very yeah, like like you said, very groundbreaking. I couldn't I, I couldn't wrap my ten year old brain being able to look up with a mouse. <laughs>
0: And and what I love too about Quake is that they totally run with that. It's such a novel concept, like looking up and down. But they took such a fun mechanic of Doom, which was the secret levels and the secret areas, and they're just like, oh yeah, since now you can look everywhere, they're harder to find now. Yeah, uh, which just at it reinforces that loop of how just like exploring this world feels extremely dangerous and. Yeah, there's some level of death waiting for you yes and I I'm am, I'm amazed that like id back in the day literally just had the collective of geniuses on every level just making things and it looks like effortless mm-hmm like, yeah it's
1: because not only were they creating this really cool aesthetic that they came up with in, in that part of the, the project. Like all of these gameplay mechanics, those were brand new. And if you're you know 20 years old right now, like you kind of take them for granted that there's oh, yeah. PS games, but somebody had to come up with those just out of whole cloth. And yeah. like a very small amount of guys did that.
0: Yes, and they had no template for it either. They didn't you know, there wasn't, like, a predecessor. Really, the predecessor was themselves. And how, how every person involved with Quake's development, like, they matter so much. I mean, we touched about Carmack. You know, Carmack was the genius of making the engine to run these games. Mm-hmm. But then you had, like, Romero, who was, you know, a level designer. You had American McGee you had Tim uh Willets you had um Sandy Peterson who I still think is like one of the coolest guys to make games you know this guy who's a mormon and he's like yeah i don't care oh, that yeah, my, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I don't care that my my coworkers want to make these like satanic games it's like hey you're shooting these demons that's all i care yeah. about <laughs> <laughs> it's like sandy peterson is like one of the coolest guys to ever grace gaming i think Little, I mean, granted, all the id guys are cool on some level. Dude. Like, you know, Carmack recently attending some like, uh, bread right wing like convention, uh, allegedly, oh, yeah. I think. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, that totally lines up with him. Uh, Carmack as an individual. Like,
1: that's right. Just... Like, he's like, uh, you we're talking about how nerds were, were different back then. Like, the way nerds were, were like very independent-minded so like they would be libertarian types like mm-hmm. i'm not part of this party i'm not part of that party i do my own thing they were like radical free thinkers oh yeah and so, and you would need that type of personality to to like make inroads into this genre that didn't exist back then
0: I mean, the genre that didn't exist but also just like this i guess uh like shift in dominant consumer like because to go back to when you said like you got in when the nes and the nes was predominantly like a kid's thing SNS, that's like for older kids genesis oh now the teenagers are getting involved Mm -hmm. now by now by the time quake comes around and the ps1's already out like this is now for like older teens young adults now where yeah even even back then that was a new concept too like what is allowed for a game that its intended market is probably at the youngest maybe like 14 15 16 right we have, we have these like tech dads who are like you know sitting down at the day a long day waging and they're just like i just want to boot up quake deathmatch yeah. <laughs> Which is another thing, this game pioneered basically every modern lexicon and like word that is associated with shooters like bunny hopping, strafing, strafing, jump, yeah, rocket jumping, um, grenade jumping, uh, jibbing, mm-hmm. oh, uh, jibbing yeah, you know, circle strafing, splash damage, like. Uh, th- to say that the multiplayer of Quake was like uh, a phenomenon i think is an understatement um yeah like it was the first game where i th- i obviously could be wrong when i say this but it was probably the first game where like a convention setting was created for like insane autistic tech guys about trying to be- see who's the best Quake player
1: yeah <laughs> Yeah, and that's why three was just a multiplayer game because the multiplayer was like a mm-hmm. phenomenon. It was mm-hmm. crazy how
0: popular that got back then. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, thinking about like the multiplayer side, I am reminded of the, I believe uh, the the first QuakeCon winner, which was this like this like nerdy Chinese guy named Dennis Fong. <laughs> otherwise known by his username thrash. Oh uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. I, I, yeah. I remember that from like one PC gamer issue or another.
0: Yeah. Where <laughs> he won, he won Quake, the Quake tournament and Carmack was like, here's my Ferrari. <laughs> and I, one, I think that's really cool for the thrash, but at the same time, isn't Carmack the coolest guy in the planet? It was just like,
1: yeah. He's like the ultimate,
0: ultimate nerd of that era. I, I posted a picture like Carmack did an interview with Rogan, like a year, few years ago where I love how Carmack, he looks like he hasn't changed his aesthetic style in like 20 years. Where he's like, He's wearing a t shirt that says, I don't get old, I level I up. up. Yeah. <laughs> so he that. And he's like, he's talking about all these like big brain concepts, and he looks like he has not gone past the like year 2005 in terms yeah. of like where his mind is. And I love that to bits. But like, yeah. if you know, like, if you know who Carmack is as like a literal computer genius. It's like, oh, yeah, the guy is like a rocket scientist, and he's basically responsible for VR becoming a a mainstream thing. He developed every single modern engine technique that you know of. Like, and, you know, he he looks like he's pulled right out of like a 90s like uh, TV show.
1: Yeah, he's like the nerdy guy, nerdy friend on the on a TV show. He's like, got like he's got like the perfect nerd voice,
0: <laughs> but he's really captivating to hear yeah, when he talks, because he's, cool like, he's brilliant. And personally, for me, I love that. Like, he was actually talking about Quake multiplayer. I remember watching this part of his interview where he's just like, "Yeah, Quake deathmatch was br- un- like pretty damn brutal." And he was just talking about multiplayer design. But, like, I would listen to him talk for, like, a whole day. Like, because he knows, not only does he know, like, technology, but he's clearly, he's smart enough about game design and all this stuff. It's like, I would sit my ass down and listen to this man That's talk right. until, like, the until <laughs> t- the end of time.
1: Yeah. He, Do they still have that now where they have these, like... I guess you would call them auteur game designers because that was a big thing in the 90s you, 90s and like early 2000s you had like carmack and romero and like sid meyer and like uh lord british where they kind of like a lot of these projects were like singular visions of like one guy or a group mm-hmm. of people and the... they became like kind of mini celebrities
0: i mean i would say not as much like, it was like kojima Kojima's the only major. I mean, Shinji Mikami's still around. Um, Hideki Kamiya's still around. Suda fifty one. Yeah. I would say a lot of the American ones aren't as prominent. Like, arguably, whether whatever your opinion about him is, you know. But Neil Druckmann is probably the only American one at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Like, where it is clear as day that like the Last of Us series is. Clearly coming from like, yeah, yeah, and Naughty Dog literally will have to like bust in some like v- Hollywood visual artists to like get this game done. It's yeah, like Carmack and Romero and McGee, like, they they come from an era when, like, which was cool because it was, you know, these people who were just like 20, 20, 30 somethings, you know basically giving the keys to I guess a Ferrari or mm-hmm. whatever project they were doing, we suddenly became like the hot, you know, the hot uh, topic of the year. We mentioned like Dai Katana became like the it topic conversation when it was coming out, Um, you know, where John Romero's going to make you your bitch. You bitch yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, That was an exciting time, and like you can see, like Quake was just like another step in the total domination that ID was doing at the time. Mind you, this was back when like ID was only like ten people too. Yeah, there it wasn't like a two to three hundred person staff game studio where like a quarter of it is some un some nebulous HR department slowing down game development. Mm-hmm. Um. No, exact were, they were they were just like 10 dudes who were just like yeah let's make a new game a brand new engine a brand new game and define everything that you know for the rest of time and, yeah and
1: like i saw this picture of id's office once
0: mm-hmm. and it
1: just looked like it was like a part of a of a generic office it was like eight computers mm-hmm. in the like 90s style cubicles there was like nothing noteworthy about it. It was just a little office. There was like a sleeping bag on the ground because it was just like eight dudes. Yeah. And then they made the whole thing.
0: Yeah. And mind you, if I remember my dates correctly, they made this in like two years, which, which is ridiculous when you think about it because like Doom, for those who don't know, Doom is technically not a 3D game. It's a 2D game that's tricking you into believing it's 3D. Right, yeah. and then for the for them to make a brand new engine that is all about 3D in two years, you know, more or less, like that's insane to me. Yeah, and yeah. you know, also on another hand, to show how Carmack's literally a genius, he had to make a whole like the whole networking to make Quake multiplayer work. That's right. And, like, the, God, that that goes without saying. That that man was just a full-blooded genius and not only him, but like Romero in terms of his great level designs or American McGee and his designs, you know, from both just the levels to the aesthetics that each level had, like, you know, Sandy Peterson had the much more dark and hellscape, which is again, really funny when, you know, he's a Mormon, he's like designing Mm -hmm. all these like vicious industrial nine inch nails levels. (laughs) <laughs> and he's just this sweet old dad who's just like you know a pra- uh, honest to goodness practicing Mormon, and he's creating some of the most disturbing imagery of of 1996. Yeah, uh, hats off again. My I give my flowers to Sandy Peterson. Um, I'm watching my quake playthrough, and I'm, I forgot to mention the purple sky that's always moving. Is another just bizarro creepy element to this game. It just looks like it's like gel or like some goo substance just flying around on the screen.
1: Yeah, it's like just very eerie, like unwelcoming environment. But it's so it's so unique. Like I was trying to think of things that were like like that at the time, and it really, even though it was a like, PC game, and PC games were hardly mainstream back then. Like, it was very unique what they were going for without look.
0: Yeah, what's... I love that period where... I love this period of of games, not just, like, FPSs, but FPSs were just, like, kind of the hot... you know, the hot button and uh, discussion thing, just because they were so... Uh, I guess you could say dangerous on the surface. Like, dangerous to... Um, like a mom or a dad seeing their kid playing. Yeah. With us. Um. Oh, that's a whole other
1: part of FPSs. Is they were like because the genre was so new, it got a lot of mainstream recognition, and there was mm-hmm. a lot of like a lot of that nineties. Uh, uh, what was the guy Jack Thompson? Yes. The, yes. The, a the lot answer. of that was about yeah, it was about FPSs because it's like you are you play as the person and you're imagining that you're holding the gun in front of you. Mm-hmm. That was like, there's a lot of scare about
0: that. Yeah. And that kind of goes back to on a thing. I believe Scott and I talked about this with doom. It's like the FPS is almost the gamiest game in the tradition, like in the purest form that we know, like obviously you and I know like Cause we, Played games for a good chunk of our lives. Like, gaming is a 98% like man, like guy thing. And FPSs feel like the most guy creation ever made.
1: Yeah. And (laughs) FPSs and uh, map games are like the most (laughs) male brained things in there are, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe I'm like, getting uh too big-brained when i say it's like it, the the mainstream media was getting uncomfortable with a medium that was just catered to guys and yeah it was very it was very guy centric yeah and another it's like every time we mention something like quake it's like oh remember this other part about quake that just like continues to like uh, make this giant spider web of just all- <laughs> Another thing that Quake and also Doom, but like Quake really uh, took this idea off was modding was huge for Quake. Like, yeah, the the mod scene for this game was insane. And you could argue still is where people are still using like the Quake engine to like make games. Yes. Uh, Most notably... You can thank basically the entire existence of Valve for the Quake engine. Right. Like, Team Fortress started off as a Quake mod. Uh, Half-Life uh, was using a very modified version of the Quake engine. Uh, Quake is literally responsible for the biggest name in PC gaming right now, which mm-hmm. is Valve. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, because I, I, we were talking about the the genres
1: of of FPS or not genres, the uh, eras of FPS. As we we're talking about Halo, we we forgot about Half Life, which was around that time too. That was all an extension of Quake. And mm-hmm.
0: I I have pulled up on my screen, uh, the the as it's called the Quake family tree, where. Yeah it shows like quake at the top and basically every spider web that quake has basically been responsible or contributed to like you know you go from quake to gl quake to quake world to gold source to half life to half life 2 source engine you know or you you go from gl quake which was the the 3d the 3d fx version of quake it was just a version of quake to properly utilize 3d graphics cards yeah you, know, you go from gl quake you go to hexen uh mm-hmm. if you if you keep going down the map to like quake 2 you have like soldiers of fortune and die katana and heretic and then if you keep going to quake 3 quake 3 is our you know in that family tree of quake from quake 3 we got call of duty you know mm-hmm. uh 007 Nightfire uh is part of that uh stuff all of American Mickey's Alice games are Quake engine games, uh, uh Star Wars Jedi Knight, you know, all that stuff. Like Qu- the Quake family tree is large and it has its tendrils in every part of the industry. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't see that with many games where to this like literally in that family tree the, uh, the engine that powered the remaster came from the original Quake engine. I was yeah. like, what the f- what the hell? Like, <laughs> this, is this is like the? I know Doom is the progenitor of what we understand as like a shooter, but like Quake is where the seed uh, took shape. Yeah, that's
1: exactly right. Because like Doom is, if you ask someone to picture a nineties shooter it's they're gonna picture doom because it has like you know that very particular aesthetic and it's because it was the first one but you're right it's like quake was where quake was where they actually took the idea kind of fully formed it and then it sprouted out from there and like everything we know
0: about shooters Mm -hmm. yeah i mean uh, man you really don't understand how much this game impacted games until you like I, you know, both play it, but then you look into it. Um, we've touched upon a ton of different aspects of why Quake has like touched the lives of millions of people, but I don't think we've scratched the surface. Honestly, there's so much that this game is responsible for that, like, you could literally do. I could literally do like a whole, like, several hour multi part Quake yeah. thing. Maybe one in the day I'll cover the later quake games, but I'm just I'm talking about the granddaddy right now. Um, I will say, and I mentioned to this the same meme earlier, but I played uh, like a month or so ago, some rounds of quake Deathmatch. I forgot how brutal multiplayer is for quake. It is. <laughs> it kicks your ass with and it, it does, does not die. care and it
1: does not care. Oh my God. Quake three Deathmatch was, I did, I spent like a year on that. There was this one map. It's one of the more famous maps from Quake three. It's like the, the two towers mm-hmm. where you're like, you're on this platform in space and there's, it's like a, a rectangular map. And then on both sides, there's a big tower that goes up. Mm-hmm. And so you can just like get up there and snipe or you run down in this like completely open area
0: hmm
1: and you got like it was very dramatic so you got like the earth in the background and it's like yeah. It's really cool that. God, yeah i played that so much
0: yeah i love that the remaster kept the original quakes multiplayer intact and just yeah. did nothing because you know people can still understand like what it was like back in the day to get you know fragged like 20 times in a row by one person yeah. <laughs> and and thing the game the game revels in that fact too because i I might be wrong but like the original quake had like the the various like x did you know killed y like with even more more and more ridiculous phrases it's like yeah uh, yeah yeah they're you know you know this person gibbed that person yeah exactly and quake multiplayer just it it encouraged people to just go hog wild you know with the item pickups and once you learn like all the bunny hopping and rocket jumping it's like the this is pure unfiltered male autism like at its at its finest
1: (laughs) yeah like like the um, my favorite was the grenade launcher Mm -hmm. where just like it was like this totally impractical grenade launcher you could shoot and if you it would do like a cool a nice even arc but you could just bounce it and it would fly around and you just like kill yourself kill other people <laughs> like totally just, total chaos
0: yeah and, th- and that was the fun too it was just unfiltered chaos and you know because granted this like we were saying earlier the rules hadn't been written for multiplayer they really hadn't been established at all and you know it was just like uh we're going to put you in a lobby with seven, seven other people have fun like and they just unleash the quake weapon inventory yeah <laughs> with these brutal ass weapons you know shotguns super shotguns the super nail gun grenade you know rocket the thunderbolt whatever you know, throwing in then the pentagram of protect protection and just like, yeah. well I'm well I'm fucked. <laughs> it's like Yeah. Oh man, it, it was so good. It, obviously, there's certain multiplayer games nowadays that are just like, you know, they're still they're fun and you know fun in their own unique way, but classic multiplayer games of this era, like you they were they were the proving grounds, they were the As uh, Scott mentioned, you know, back in the day where it's like arcades were just pure battlegrounds for domination Mm -hmm. and stuff. Now Quake took brought that to the world. Mm -hmm. And this is before like
1: all the RPG elements Mm -hmm. got introduced that we didn't experience and all that. It was just like you log in, you grab your gun and it's that's it. That's all you're working with
0: yeah much like the single player it is pick up and play you play for like 30 minutes and you could have a day or you could just play all night on your mountain dew and energy drink bender <laughs> you know uh, a, a, a tradition that still thankfully is alive today i can say that that's the right. it, it you might introduce women into gaming but they'll never take the guys guzzling the dew no they won't <laughs> like, that's that's
1: what i would say to somebody who has like never played these this genre this era of games before is like how pick up and play they are because there are sometimes like i've got you know i'm done for the evening like don't want to play a game it's like ah, i don't feel like loading it up and like logging in like going through the screen dah, 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 dah. Mm-hmm. it's this big production to like just get started mm-hmm. but with these games you like you click the icon you're in the game and 15 seconds it's so fast and then you play for 10 minutes 15 minutes done yeah it's like like, uh uh, scott's always what's that it's just painless like yeah like scott's always posting on uh screenshots from him playing at like work (laughs) because they're like perfect for that like you got 15 minutes of downtime play for a little while go back to work
0: yeah i mean Kudos to Id Software for knowing the, the the trials of the office worker and being like, "Don't we have a game for you?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you want to, if someone is bugging you at work, you can just put you know turn on Quake for a few minutes and be like, "Well, I got my, I got my." Uh, I got my seething rage that's boiling inside of me out of my system.
1: <laughs> I won't uh, shoot
0: up the office because I just shot up some frogs So I'm good. <laughs> I, you know, I just shot up. I I just dominated this kid across the planet. You know, I'm good. My I,
1: rage is, my rage is quelled <laughs> for now. I'm fine.
0: <laughs> that, that is something, you know, I've mentioned this before and it, it's like, even with the sort of introduction like you said like the rpg mechanics and whatever uh and i was i experienced that with like call modern warfare 2 being like the hot craze of 2009 before like the modern day of shooters where developers now have to put in options to like kick players and suspend players for like yeah. getting having a heated gamer moment um i remember just like for me a multiplayer lobby you learn to man up in a way that few things uh oh will pre- will prepare you for you will be called every slur in the book uh and you just have to take it and you yeah. either have you have to have to nut up or shut up.
1: Exactly like this is yeah back before like there was any kind of censorship in and, and like lobbies Probably till like two thousand nine is when that started something like that. But like, you just log in and you're getting screamed at by like maybe a fifty year old nerd, maybe a ten year old (laughs) artist. Like, if you're playing bad, you're you're gonna hear about it.
0: Yeah, and you either have to adapt and join the party in the slur slinging, or (laughs) or you learn to just let the game let your game talk for you. Um. Listen, I mean, I will say, particularly from experience, you know, when you are doing well in a multiplayer game, whether it be something like Quake or Modern Warfare 2, when you are on top of that leaderboard, there is few power (laughs) there are few power trips. Few better feelings, man. And oh, but in Modern Warfare 2 I just as a little tangent that game encouraged you to be like a egotist like a just full-blown egotist where they're just like what if we gave you something that ended the game early if you played good enough like (laughs) that that was just like oh you are you are like dastardly evil but like i yeah i love you at the same time (laughs) and but that that ultimately comes back to just the, the foundational roots that Quake just planted seeds in, in 1996. Like, Mm -hmm. as we said, like the story and the single player is responsible for, you know, how we understand and perceive first person shooters in the modern day. Uh, Down to multiplayer etiquette or lack thereof of etiquette, Um, Mm -hmm. it's just the boys, and the boys have to get their anger out. That's right.
1: (laughs) Let the boys get their damn anger out. (laughs) Let them rage.
0: Yeah, I mean, hey, that as they as it it was noted, I think, and this is like the greatest like one of those studies ever performed, and they're they were just, it probably was fake, but they were just like percentage of. Uh, like men saying something or doing things that would be considered problematic. Two thousand seven, two thousand nine, the number just peaked into a valley. Uh, it was just <laughs> like, oh yeah, they they had multiplayer games that just let them be savage animals to other guys. I know. <laughs> uh, but you know, we can thank Quake for all of this. And That's right, uh, I mean, at at this point it just comes off as just, like, gushing. Like, I I could spend... There's so much about this game that it's just, like, utterly perfect, and mm-hmm. the more I talk about it, the more I watch my playthrough on my monitor, I'm just like, god damn, I just want to do another quick run-through, like, two-hour run-through of this game with the four yeah, episodes. Like,
1: yeah, you can play through it real fast, and then, mm-hmm. like or just take your time and like those are all the secrets it's like ah and it's so
0: good another little detail in the in the quake la- the quake love and train that this episode is one of the things i love that i don't think many games continue to do this but to select your difficulty like you have to play the game to get your difficulty
1: so yeah you have, yeah you you have
0: to go through the slip gates that are like um the various difficulties, which, by the way, I love how it still, like, mocks you for picking easy. They're just like, really, are you picking easy? Like, yeah. we don't even recommend easy mode. <laughs> and But, on top of that, the second thing about that is I love that nightmare mode is something you have to willingly select, in that you yeah. have to find the secret that gets you to the part that lets you play uh that lets you play nightmare mode. Uh that's such like a genius little thing and I wish more games actually did that. They're just like, here, you play the game and th- you decide what, you know, you think is best for yourself. <laughs> and yeah. Meanwhile, it is still saying you should play hard mode. This is what we play on. You should definitely yeah. <laughs> play it. You should definitely play hard mode. Um but yeah, that's I don't I I feel like I have expo- expelled all the quake loving in my system for at least tonight. <laughs> like all I can say in summary to the listeners, just get the remaster. It's like 10, five, five or $10 on whatever digital platform you, you know, of your console of choosing or steam. Like it's not hard to play this game at all. You know, mm-hmm. Hey, the in the Quake 2, they just recently remastered it. It's like $15. You can get two of the best like FPSs of its time and all time for like 20 bucks. Like mm-hmm. if that ain't a steal, I don't know what is.
1: Yeah, and you get to like it's it's a fun game to play for one. You're experiencing like some major gaming history, and it's the thing I keep coming back to is just that's that cool. Look and the aesthetic, like it's so unique. You're really, you're really experiencing something one of a
0: kind when you play it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's like one of these games that you have to play before you die. Look <laughs> yeah it's, for it's, sure. This, this this is like a uh, bucket list game, definitely. Uh, much like Doom, the Doom games are that I, uh, Scott and I did. It's like Quake is another bucket list. You know. I don't know. There's, I love Quake. What, what else can be said? Uh, so I cannot thank you enough. Same mean. This has been yeah, a man. This has been a blast and a half. Yeah, same uh, here. It's been a great so, time. Uh, I think this is a wonderful place to say stop.